going to.
Hallelujah, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your presence, God, we thank you that you're relational, God, that you long to hear us, Lord God, and you long to speak to us, Lord. So we just ask you, Lord God, just for the nations, Lord God, and we ask that you would start within us, God, within the youth group of Elevate, God, that you would begin to put the nations, God, on their hearts, Lord, that you would put the nations on their mind, Lord God, over persecution, God, and sex trafficking, God, all the horrible things happening over there, God. I pray that our youth, God, would be aware, Lord, that we wouldn't be blindsided by it, God, but that we would pray for our brothers and sisters, God, all around the nations, Lord God. We ask that you would give us a heart, God, to care again, Lord, about not just what's happening in our lives, God, but what's happening in others' people's lives, Lord God. I pray even in this place, Lord, that there would be just such a genuine brotherly, sisterly love, God, for one another to, to see how they're doing, God, to encourage, to lift them up, Lord God. We thank you that even now, Lord God, uh, you're putting the nations, God, on people's hearts, God, from the youngest to the oldest, God. We thank you that you're putting countries, God, you're putting faces, God, to people, Lord God. And um, we thank you that even now as you're planting those seeds within us, God, we ask that you would cause it to grow, God, that you would give us vision, God, that you would give us strength, God, and you would give us just the practical understanding, God, of how to get there, Lord God, to the place. That, that you're showing us and even enjoy the place that we're at now, God. We thank you again for everything that you're going to do and that you're doing in this place. And we bless you, God, and we say that we love you. And it's in your name we pray, God. Amen. Father God, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that the, tr the youth here, Father God, realize, Father God, that this world, Father God, is youthless. Uh, is useless, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, that this world will not please them, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, whether it be drinking, Father God, whether it be smoking, whether it be having sex, Father God, whether it be doing swearing, Father God, lying, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father God, that there is no pleasure, Father God, in those things, Lord. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that they just get deeper with you, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just get down on their knees, Lord Jesus, Father God, and surrender it all to you, Lord Jesus. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that their hearts are broken, Lord Jesus, Father God, that the chains are broken, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, that this world does not have a hold on them, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, that they just pray, Father God, that they open their Bible, Lord Jesus, Father God, and to seek your wisdom, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, for the youth, Lord, Father God, to be hungry, Lord Jesus, hungry for you, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that when they read, Father God, their Bible, Lord Jesus, Father God, or they pray, Father God, or they worship you, Lord Jesus, Father God, that you just quench their thirst, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, and when they're doing something wrong, Lord Jesus, Father God, that, that just grieves their heart, Lord, and they just realize, Father God, that you are so much better, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, Lord, I just pray, Father God, that their prayer, Father God, their prayer time, Lord, with you becomes more clear, Lord Jesus, Father God, that it becomes deeper, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they, they're not scared of you, Lord Jesus, in the sense, Father God, that they're running away from you, Father God, but they're running to you, Lord Jesus, Father God, because this world has nothing, Father God. Father God, everything in this world is meaningless, Lord Jesus, Father God, everything, Lord. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that you just continue to love us, Father God, that you continue to hold us as we sleep, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, that you just continue to be our best friend, Father God. Father God, that you just continue to love us, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that 
everyone who's here, Lord Jesus, Father God, just just loves you, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just get deeper with you, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Lord, Father God, that these youth, Lord Jesus, just love you, Lord. All the youth on the street, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just they just go to church, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just go and love you, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that we just become evangelists, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, whether it be we're on the bus, Lord Jesus, walking down the street, Lord Jesus, we're, whether we're doing groceries, Lord, we just talk to everybody, Father God. If you're checking out, Lord, in the cashier, Lord Jesus, just talk to them about Jesus. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that we just bring people to church, Lord Jesus, Father God. We just bring people to real life, Father God, that you're the Lord, that you're, you're the protector, Father God that you're the best father, the best mother, the best friend, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we're all looking for, Lord Jesus. Father God, I just pray, Father God, and I just ask Monica to come up here, Lord Jesus, Father God, and to just pour out her heart right now, Lord. Dear God, thank you for this time, bringing us together as brothers and sisters who we can reach out to and love one another. It's here, it's not a place like home, dear God. It's a place, not a place like home where you go back into the world, but it's a place at home, dear God, where we can pour our hearts to you, dear God. Dear God, I thank you for your word that are, that is at our feet. It's our, it's our lamp, dear God, that we can receive the word and continue to know that you are our Father, our Heavenly Father from earth, dear God. Dear God, I pray that we continue to bring heaven down to earth, dear Lord. Dear God, I pray that if anything that's in our heart, dear God, that you will pierce our heart and that we will come to you and kneel down, dear God. Dear God, I thank you for everything that you do. Continue to bless us, dear God. And dear God, I pray that if the youth are dealing with anything, dear God, that they will come to you, dear God, and they will receive an unconditional love and receive experiences that they've never received, dear God. Lord, I just pray for this time that they will receive and they will have a genuine heart, Lord. That they will be comfortable coming here, dear God, at the altar and just receiving more knowledge and wisdom, Lord. Lord, I just pray for the youth, Lord, and that they will go deeper in depth with you, Lord. And that you're not just an ordinary person, Lord. You're more than that. You're the Alpha and Omega who just pours out into us, Lord. Dear God, I don't want them to take this lightly, Lord, but you are more than just someone on the street, Lord. You are the creator. Dear God, I just thank you for everything that you do. And Lord, we love you. I thank you. In your mighty name I pray, amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Father God. I just thank you, Father God, for the leaders here, Lord Jesus, Father God for their heart for the youth, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, and I just ask, Father God, that they just reach out, Lord Jesus, Father God, for the youth, Father God. For the youth missing here tonight, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just come, Lord Jesus, Father God, whether they're sick, Father God, whether they're out there enjoying their day, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just realize, Father God, that you're the most important thing, Father God. Father God, I just pray, Father God, that people just become closer, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, that people just trust you, Lord Jesus, Father God. 
Father God, I know when things are hard, Lord Jesus, Father God, we tend to run away from you, Lord, Father God, or we tend to blame you, Lord Jesus, Father God, Father God, but without you, Lord Jesus, Father God, we wouldn't be able to go over the hill, Father God, we wouldn't be able to walk through the desert, Lord Jesus, Father God, Father God, so I just thank you, Father God, for our trials, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just make us stronger, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we're able to become closer to you, Father God, during that time, Lord. Father God, when we have something going on in our lives, Father God, and we're crying out, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we just run to you, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I just pray that people stop running on their own path, Lord Jesus, Father God, and they start running on your path, Father God. Father God, that you have a plan for our lives, Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, and I just pray, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we get over our fears, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we get over ourselves, Lord Jesus, Father God, that we die to ourselves, Father God. Father God, and we just give ourselves to you, Father God. Father God, whether it be our mind, our heart, Lord Jesus, Father God, our bodies, Lord Jesus, Father God, that you just use all of us, Father God. Use us, Father God, to win souls to your kingdom, Lord. Father God, I just pray, Father God, as I close, Lord Jesus, Father God, that this night, Father God, that people are touched, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they learn something new, Lord Jesus, Father God. And most of all, Lord Jesus, Father God, that they just get closer and deeper with you, Father God. And I pray all this in your almighty name. Amen.
All right, all right, all right. We are in Elevate, so y'all stand to your feet, please. If you guys heard that, dang, that was cool. All right, we're in Elevate, so stand to your feet, please. Yo, that's lit. That's a pleasant surprise. I want to share something with you guys today about worshiping. You guys ready? All right, everybody, come make their way to the front while I'm sharing this. Y'all already know how it is. All right. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. See, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, how many of you guys are ready to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth? Come on, how many of y'all ready to worship Jesus in spirit and truth? Y'all ready? Come on, Father God, we give you this worship time. God, have your way. Let you hear the worship. Let it be pleasing to your eyes, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with
There's no place that we would rather be right now, God, than in your presence. Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here, Lord. And God, we invite you, God. We accept you, God. We ask you to take control, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are here. God, with our hands up and high to you, God, I pray that we would feel your presence, God, that we would feel your love, Lord Jesus. God, that we would be all consumed, God, in your love, God, right now. God, hear our songs, Lord, as we sing them up, oh Lord. As we worship you in spirit and in truth, God, of who you are, God. God, there is truly no place we'd rather be than here in your love, God, because there is no greater love than the love you have for us, oh Lord. God, you are awesome. God, you are good. God, you're a healer. God, you're a redeemer. God, you came to set us free, God, when we didn't want to be set free, God. God, you loved us. You treasured us. And God, just for that, God, just, just the name of you, God, you're worthy of all praise, God. And God, we give you this service, God, that it may be pleasing to you, God, that we would all receive everything that we need to receive from you tonight, God. Receive our worship, O oh Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Woo. You guys can find your way back to your seats, seats in English. And let's get ready for some announcementos. Elevate. Yeah, say it slow. Elevate. Elevate. All right, come on. Elevate. 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 Come on. Yeah, don't don't say it to that one. That's just a. He's trying to copy me. It's okay though. We're here at Elevate. We're here every Friday night at 7 p.m. What's our address, DJ? Don't mess it up. 5405 West Diversity. Amen. Okay. And we are here, and we have a we have a slide coming up. Yeah, it's coming. There it is. We have a vision, loving God and loving people. That is what we believe here. That is what we seek to do. They're the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving people. And then we have a, I'm going to wait till it pops up to say everything. A strategy, connect, mentor, and send. We're going to connect you to the cross through our life groups. We have the ambassadors. And we have the resistance. Amen, amen. And then we're going to mentor you in one-on-one. Yeah, we're going to mentor you in one-on-one, -on -one, which is with a deacon or elder. Uh, if you are a deacon, raise your hand or an elder. Amen. Look around. Look around. If you're not raising your hand, look around. You could go to them, and they will disciple you, and they'll be happy to make you a little them. And then we are going to send you out to make disciples. Can I get some music or something? It's real quiet up here. Like, I'm just standing here like, I feel like, let's get some energy. Yeah, so there's that, guys. We are also... We have a goal. Yeah. Our goal is 50 churches in Chicago with 500 
churches in Chicago. I mean, 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. If you believe that, can I get an amen as you stand to your feet? Amen. Now sit back down. I was just kidding. I'm trying to get the blood flowing. Trying to get some type of energy in here. We got Starved Rock camping trip coming up. Who's excited for that? <laughs> amen, amen. August 12th and 13th. If you're coming, make sure you get a permission slip. You're going to get that from Ashley. She's in the corner in the peak. Look at she's like walking. There she is. Look at, look at, look at. There she is. If you want to go, you got to get one or else you're not going. And it's 15 per person. So we're going to have an awesome time out there. It's going to, we got boating. We got rock climbing, we got horseback riding, and more. There's just, there's just, it's limitless. There's so much stuff going on. So get excited, bring your permission slips next week. Bring it as soon as possible so that we know, we can get a count of who is gonna go. And we got this coming up as well, the West Side Back to School Outreach. Amen, amen. Which is Saturday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Now I'm telling you guys here, so if you wanna come to help, it's going to be a huge outreach. We're going out to Ohio Park with those two churches. Uh, well, we're one of the churches, but Universal MB is the other church. And we're just going to reach the west side for Jesus and show them that we love them and that God is not too far for them to reach. We got a product. We got two products of the west of Ohio Park. Oh, we got three, four, four. We got four. We're going to be free food, free food, music, activities, and raffles. All right. And then we have... Our internship, which begins the 26th, which is today, right? It's today. Next week. Next week, the 26th. Sorry, I'm bad with dates. Uh, it's going to be sharing the gospel, praying for the city, serving in the church. And uh, I think Lawrence is leading that up. If he wants to share a little bit about it. What's up, elevators? So, as we all know, in the Bible, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. If you have it in your heart to serve in the church, to do uh, ministry, you see yourself in the future preaching, you want to grow in like evangelism and uh, sharing your faith, I'd encourage you, sign up for the Elevate internship. It's going to rock your world. We're going to be praying. We're going to be interceding, going on the streets, and it's going to lead up to something amazing, but I can't quite say what it is just yet. But uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. Make sure to go um, back there, put your name on it, uh, hit me up, hit Joby up, because he's also co-leading it with me, but it's going to be an awesome time. We want to see you there. Amen. Amen, amen. That sounds exciting. If I was a youth, I'd get involved in that. But I'm a leader, so I'm going to get involved in it anyway. And then we got tithes. So now you can really stand to your feet. Who knows what a tithe is without looking at the screen as the slide popped up? Cheaters. Jojo. Amen. He got that right. Okay, and what's the offering? Ashley, I already seen your hand. Half up? That counts for me. Anything left that you wish you got after your tithe. She looked at the... Yeah, okay. All right, give him a hand, yeah. I got drowned out by the music, but it's okay. And then we have an example. What is 10% of $1,000? You already went. No. No. Who? Oh, Terion? Come up here, Terion. Oh, Christian pointed you out, man. That's it. What's 10% of 1,000? Isn't it 100? Is it 100? As he's off to the side in the dark corner? Benjamin, it's a Benjamin. That's not a trick, it's right, he was right. A Benjamin is $100 for y'all who don't know. You bout to know. All right, so what we're gonna do at this moment, we're gonna 
bow our heads in prayer as the offering bucket comes up. God, we, we pray in your mighty name, God. I pray that you would bless this offering, bless the tithe, God, that these, these youth would understand, God, that it's not, just, it's not just giving away their money, God. It's blessing your kingdom to bless others, Lord, that it goes toward outreach supplies, that it goes towards ministry, God, that it's to further your kingdom, God, to gain disciples for the kingdom of God, to reach souls, to reach the lost and snatch them from the pits of hell, God, and, and show them that there's a hope, there's a life outside of, outside of the world, outside of sin, God, that they could turn from their wicked ways and come to you, God. So I pray that you would bless their offerings, you would bless, bless their tithes, and in your mighty name we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, elevate, 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 elevate. What, 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 what? That's what I'm talking about. How many, how many excited to be in Elevate tonight? Right? I know some of y'all look nervous like Steve's about to stick us up. He wants our money now. He wants a bigger offering. It's not that kind of party, all right? It's not that kind of party, man. I'm not that pastor, all right? But if you guys see this, I know you guys are wondering, like, what's happening then? Is he putting drive-bys? Did he backslide? I did not backslide. Drive-bys are in the past, okay? But today, man, if you, as you guys are going to see when they put it up here, today's title is called Blind Faith, right? Blind, you know, Blind Faith, right? Where you cannot see where you're going, right? So if I fall on somebody, just please push me back up. Be like, Pastor, go over there, you know what I mean? But we're going to be talking about blind faith. And I cannot see from this thing. I'm not even lying. I cannot see unless I, like, cheat and, like, you know what I mean? And bam, you know. But we're talking about blind faith, right? How many know about blind faith, right? Some of you guys, some of you guys are scared. You still don't know if I'm going to stick you up. It's not that kind of party, right? But blind faith is something that we need to talk about as a, as a body of Christ, as Christians, because blind faith has become something that we avoid within the church because it sounds too controversial. Not only that, but it sounds like something that has no foundation to it, like it's almost just hovering over itself with nothing underneath. But see, that is not the blind faith that the Bible talks about or the blind faith that we're going to be talking about today because that blind faith is actually false. That is not the blind faith that we have, although we do have a type of blind faith. Somebody say blind faith. Right? That is what we're going to be talking about today in our series, Heroes of the Faith. 
all right? Today is going to be part one of this uh, particular sermon, and then next week we will be talking about part two. So this week, as I said, Heroes of the Faith, it's about Abraham and Sarah, and it's going to be on blind faith. Somebody say blind faith. Those of you who have your Bibles, if you can open up to the Bible and uh, the book of Hebrews 11, starting at verse uh, verse 8. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. When you're there, say amen. Amen. We got some technology with like 4G. Who was that? Who said amen first? There she goes. She got that Verizon over there. She got a Bible. That's even better. That's what I'm talking about, girl. Yes, man. Anybody else? Anybody else there? Amen. Just say amen. Can we get Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting with verse 8 on the karaoke screen, please? You guys are out here a couple of amens, right? Oh, y'all doing big things. All right, so we're about to kick it off. As you guys can see it right here, if you can see it, say amen. amen. That's what I'm talking about. If you can see this, you don't need glasses, you're good. It's about a good 2020 vision. If you can't see this, we do believe in prayer and bringing back sight to the blind. You are blind, right? I'm you're blind if you don't see this. But yes, moving on, we want to get into the word. But before we get into that, let's pray. How many love to pray? All right, let's pray, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for who you are, God. And we ask, God, that you would have your way in this place, God. I pray, Lord God, that today, God, people would remove the lens, Lord God, that they see with God, Lord, and they will put on, Lord God, blind faith over their eyes, God, that we can trust you more, God. Lord, have your way in this place, God. Use me as the oracle, Lord God, of you, God. Anoint my lips, my tongue, God, to preach your word, God. Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me in Jesus' mighty name. Touch hearts, touch souls. Let your word be like a double-edged sword, God, going straight to the soul and the spirit, dividing them, God, and bringing truth to our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Praise God, man. All right, so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, this is what it says. By faith, somebody say faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in the intense, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was, a, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she and he considered him faithful. Him, capital H, God, right? Faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, as he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand of the seashore. We're talking about blind faith today. Right. So this thing, man, it's, it's a very, as I said, it's a very controversial topic because blind faith is something that many, many sects, many organizations, many uh, beliefs, if you will, if you want to call atheism a belief, which that's a belief uh, or, or I would say not the belief, but they don't believe in God. Atheists. Right. How many know what I'm talking about? Atheists. Right. Hopefully you're not one of them. If you are God willing today, you will be a believer in God. So faith, the, the thing with faith, as you see in the first, uh, in, in verse 8, is that faith with Abraham produced 
obedience. If you can go back here, right? Look at this real fast. If you can go back to verse, uh, verse 8, there we go. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he will later receive as an inheritance. Somebody say obey. Right? So faith, real faith, always produces and demands obedience. See, some of us, the problem is that we claim to have faith, but yet our faith has nothing to do with obedience. So we say, yeah, I believe in God. Yes, I believe in Jesus. And they're like, man, you're going to heaven. Yes, I believe I'm going to heaven. But then after that, there's no obedience in your life. I come to tell you that faith without works or obedience is dead. It means absolutely nothing. According to the Bible, the devil and his demons believe, and yet they fear and tremble, but they will not go to heaven. So the question is, how great is your faith between demons and the devil himself? Is it a faith that leads to obedience, or is it just faith by itself, hoping and wishing, right, like a wish faith, that I'm going to go to heaven? I come to tell you today that if your faith does not demand obedience, you have a false faith. Because faith would always equate to obedience. Abraham had faith, and his faith equated to obedience. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as inheritance, obeyed. Somebody say, obeyed. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you better obey. There you go. So faith in and through Abraham produced obedience, and this obedience caused Abraham and Sarah to go. Somebody say to go. Even though to go meant to walk by faith and not by sight, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, to a place he did not know where it was or where he was going. In other words, blind faith. At that point, right, as we talked about when we started off our series, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it talked about now faith, right, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the, the evidence of things not seen, right, blind faith. So in this one, right, he went to a place where he was not, he didn't know where he was going, it was blind faith. Verse 10 says, for he was looking, somebody say looking. Forward to the city with foundations who archi whose architect and builder is God. Blind faith. He was not looking to a place he can see even though he was looking. Right? Some of you guys just got lost right there. Like, wait a minute, that don't even make sense. That's like two negatives. Like, you know what I mean? It's just jacked up. It's bad English, right? But according to the Bible, it says that he was looking. How do you look? Right? With your eyes, right? He was looking to a place whose builder and architect was God. It was a place where human beings did not create anything. It was God who was creating it. But yet Abraham was looking. Even though he was living in the on earth, right, abiding on earth as a pilgrim or a stranger in the land, somebody who just walking through, his faith, right, blind faith, was enable, or enabled him to look beyond his current situation, his physical situation and where he was living at, and he's seen heaven on earth, and he said, that's where I'm going, blind faith. And still, you guys may be a little lost, like, man, what is blind faith? What's going on? Well, let's talk about that. Who, or I should say, what is blind faith? According to atheists and evolutionists, this is the main thing they attack the Christian faith with. Atheists and evolutionists would say, you guys have blind faith, you guys are stupid, you're a bunch of ignoramuses, you have no evidence to what you're talking about, there's no proof there is a God, and yet you believe in God. How many know what I'm talking about? How many evangelists in the house? Right? 
If you went on evangelist long enough, you would have bumped into one of those dudes along the line who would bring up this same argument, and he would say, you guys are stupid, you're ignoramuses, because you have blind faith, right? And then in that regard, in that return, we're like, oh, snap, maybe I do have blind faith, maybe I am stupid. No, you're not stupid. Your faith is actually legit. You just don't know the real meaning of blind faith, right? So for them, that is their thing. But when you go against the atheists, right, and the evolutionists, they believe in the Big Bang and that we came from monkeys or the goo and all this other nonsense, right? Talk about blind faith, right? Have you seen a half-breed monkey and a, a human living walking around anytime, right? There's no evidence to this stuff. But yet they claim that we don't have evidence based upon what we believe in in God. They said we're stupid because we have blind faith. So let's talk about this blind faith. Where does, what does blind faith mean? What, is it in the Bible? Like, is it legit, or are we really stupid and ignorant? Or, or ignorant, right? Are we that? How many know we're not stupid or ignorant, right? How many know God is real? Come on, somebody, right? Praise the Lord. We're not dumb. We're not idiots, right? Give it up for Jesus, yes. So the thing is, according to the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, because based on the atheists and evolutionists, right, and even some people inside this room, they say we have no evidence, right? So where does our evidence come from? What does it come from? Can we taste it? Can we grab a hold of it, right? Can we feel it? Because according to evolutionists, right, and atheists, and even some scientists that don't believe in God, right, if you can't taste it, touch it, see it, it ain't real. If you can't put it in a test tube, it ain't real. So they say you can't see God, you can't touch God, you know, you can't taste God, you can't put him in a tube and say, okay, there goes God, bam, bam, bam. You can't do none of that stuff, right? So for them, we're walking around like this, just dumb, fall over, uh, uh, you know, and it's just dumb, right? But see, our, our faith, right, our blindness is not blind according to their definition because for us, our blindness has faith across it. So what is faith then? What does the Bible say about faith? I want us to open up the Bible to New King James Version. If you can put that on the screen. New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's see what this says. Atheists, evolutionists say, hey, there's, there's no evidence to what you're talking about. So where is the evidence? What are you guys talking about? Right? Are you guys preaching false doctrine, false teachings? Or what are you guys talking about with all this stuff? You guys are believing falsely. But look at what the Bible says here. Now, faith is the substance, right? The substance is something that underneath something, it holds it up, according to the Greek in this word, of things hoped for. The, everybody say it, the evidence of things not seen. That verse alone, if I can come over here, right? Look at this last part. Doesn't it sound kind of crazy? Right? Look at it. The evidence, right, of things not seen. That's like, how do you put evidence and not seen in the same sentence? Think about it. Like, dude, look, I got the evidence. And like, I can't see that. Like, you don't have anything. You're stupid. I told you you're dumb. You're an ignorant, right? You're a stupid Christian or whatever, right? So the thing is, what are they talking about? How can they put evidence of things not seen in there and claim that as some kind of proof? What was the writer of Hebrews talking about? Was he ignorant? Was he dumb? No, he wasn't, right? Because every word of God, as the Bible says, is inspired by God Almighty, right? So God was trying to tell us something about the evidence of things not seen. Faith, this is the definition, not a full extensive definition, but a somewhat small definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, somebody say evidence, of things not seen. So let's go in the Word and check it out what happened. 
If you open up and we go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, Abraham's father was going to Canaan but settled for whatever reason in Haram. He was supposed to be heading to Canaan before this. Well, I don't have the verse up there, but Genesis chapter 11, right? If you read that, Abraham's father comes on a scene and he was supposed to be going to Canaan, right? But for whatever reason, I don't know why the Bible doesn't say, he stopped at a place called Haram. Right? I'm probably pronouncing that word wrong, butchering it. It doesn't really matter. He stood at Haram. The next chapter after that, Abraham comes on the scene, right? And God says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Let's see what it says. Genesis chapter 12, verse, starting with verse 1. Now, mind you, just paint a picture. They were supposed to go to Canaan. We don't know why he stopped. His, his dad stopped in Haram. But when we go on, we see as we read that, that God ends up calling Abraham to go to Canaan. Now, it doesn't say if Abraham's dad was a Jesus freak. It don't say if he was worshiping Yahweh or God was communing with him. But I believe that he was because Abraham automatically believed in someone he did not see or none of that. I believe that his dad had, you know, was talking and communing with God. He was on a mission for whatever reason. He stopped in Haram. And after that, God was like, okay, well, I'm going to call your son and I'm going to send him over there. Even though the son was oblivious to what was going on. Right? You guys got the, guys got the picture? Right? I know you guys thinking about Pokemon. You probably, you probably see one of those suckers right here. And like, dude, once he stops, I'm running over there and I'm catching his Pokemon. Leave Pokemon at home for now, okay? After the service, you want to run in here and grab all the Pokemons you want? Do it. Let me just record you guys on Snapchat so I can talk about you guys. So the thing is, right, this is what it says. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Abraham is Abraham, right? Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go. Somebody say go. go. To the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And, I, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So what does Abraham do? He breaks out. He leaves. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Lot was his little nephew. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haram. He took his wife Sarah, or Sari, something like that, his nephew Lot, and the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haram, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Here it is, the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. So something happened between that time, but God went on ahead and spoke to Abraham, and they left out, not knowing where he was going. Everybody got the picture, right? So, Genesis chapter 12, 1 through, uh, 1 through 5, he comes on a scene, right? Abraham heard the word of God, and God's word became the evidence to go, although he did not know where he was going. Did you guys catch that? See, based upon the definition of these atheists and evolutionists and all these smart little people, right, they want to consider themselves, it's like some real foolish smart people out there, right? So based on them, we don't have any evidence, any tangible evidence based upon what we believe in, so they call it blind faith. So would God have it that we end up going places without any kind of knowledge or wisdom from God Almighty? He would not. See, the thing about it, when you guys see in this story and the blind faith that Abraham uh, added to his life, or I would say walked in, was the fact that he first heard from God. 
You see, for these atheists and these evolutionists, they think that we have blind faith, not based on any knowledge, wisdom, or nothing. It's just blind faith. But according to Hebrews, as we just read, it is the evidence of things not seen. So what is that evidence? The evidence is the word of God. See, Abraham heard God's voice, God's word, and because of that, he believed and went. The thing about it is that he went to a place he did not know where he was going. Because God had not revealed to him where he was supposed to go. It would just say, hey, Abraham, get up, take your stuff, take lot, go that way, somewhere, just go somewhere. I'm going to direct you, but just leave your family, everybody else, alone and leave. And go to a land where I will show you. He didn't say what land. He didn't say none of that. He said, I will just show you the land. So, like, okay, I'm, you want me to leave Chicago just to go somewhere where I don't know where I'm going, but just because you said so. Yes. And see, that was enough for Abraham, right? It was enough for him to the point that he went on ahead and did it and left. He didn't even know where he was going. Now, picture that, right? Here it is. Blind faith, right? Chilling, right? Natural eyes, it looks good. I see all you guys. Like, I know where I'm going. I see Timberland. What's up, girl? How you doing? Right? Andrew, bam. I see my fam over there. John, right? Give it up for the Hawaii people that came from Hawaii to check it out. Come on, somebody, right? All the way from Hawaii. If you guys want to punch them in the chest for believing in Hawaii because you guys are jealous, be my guest. All right? No, honestly, man. But that's one of my dudes, man. We'll talk about that, man. But the thing is, they end up leaving. You can see all this so I can know where I'm going, right? But the moment you put this on, you see, that's another thing. I can't see anything. I'm not lying. I cannot see anything here, right? But so what happens is that the reason why Abraham was able to walk like this, right, not by sight but by faith, the reason why he was able to do this when God said, go to a land in which I tell you, because all it took for him was to hear God's voice and word. So be, because he heard God's voice and word, he was able to take that as evidence enough to say, if God said it, I'm going to do it. If God said go somewhere where I don't know where it's going, where I don't know where, what direction to take, then I'm going to go because God is evidence enough to say I'm going. So the problem that we have inside our society and even inside this church because we're in Elevate, can I get up? Right? We in this place, God is talking to us and trying to give us a direction, but not based on what we see or what we touch or what we can taste, but based solely upon the word of God. Do you have blind faith? See, put blind faith, the real definition of blind faith is not blind in the sense that we don't know what we're talking about. It's not blind in the sense that we have no wisdom or knowledge or direction. No, it's blind faith because it's what God said, and that's evidence enough for us to say, I'm going. If God said, I'm going. Yeah, but brother, it don't look too good that way. Dude, it looks really scary that way. Like, why would you go that way? I'm going that way because God said to go that way. Yeah, but it don't look good. I know. I don't know how. I don't care about how it looks because I can't see with the flesh of the eyes anymore because I'm walking by faith. You see, when you're walking with blind faith, according to the Bible's definition of blind faith, based upon, based upon what God is saying, you're able to walk like this and still have faith and confidence to know you're going the right direction because God is leading you. But our problem is that when God says, hey, son, daughter, right, whoever you are, I want you to leave this friend and I want you to go over here where I'm telling you to go. And all of a sudden, we're like, wait a minute. You want me to do what? It's like all along Friday, we're here, we're elevate, right? And we're like, man, well, I have faith, dude. Man, that was a good message. And all of a sudden, when God tests your faith, and it's like, son, daughter, go this way. And all of a sudden, you're like, you say what? And you start peeking now, right? 
And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, God, that, I'm seeing now, like, this don't look good. Like, this is opposite of what your promise is supposed to look like. See, but the problem is that the Bible says to walk by faith and not by sight. Why is that? The reason being is because if Abraham began to look with his naked eye, with his fleshly eyes, right? Follow me. With the physical eyes that God gave him, if he were to start looking with his physical eyes at that time, he would have never went. God, you want me to go to a what place? You want me to go somewhere where I don't know where I'm going. You want me to leave my family, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, all these things that you have given me and blessed me with. You want me to leave all this the comfortability and the, and the security of my home and go somewhere where I don't know where I'm going? Yes. And see, well, automatically what Abraham did and what we need to practice is that he did just like this. Okay, God, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to follow you because you said so. And he's walking and walking and God is leading him, making promises to his life. And for him, that's evidence. If God said it, then it's, it's going to be done. If God did it, he's gonna, you know, if God said he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. But what happens to us? I'm lost my sin. What happens to us then, right? Let's keep on going. So Abraham went, he left in faith. Let's talk about the second person, Sarah. Somebody say Sarah. Genesis chapter 17, 17, you don't have to put that up. And 18, 11 through 14 talks about two scenarios. One laughed. Abraham and Sarah. God, Abraham went to the land, right? God was blessing him and stuff. He was multiplying, right? He, you know, he was, he was a little sinner. Be honest with you guys, right? The man went, if you guys read it, he went, gave up his wife. And he was like, look, we going to Egypt. I'm going to tell you the quick story, right? We going to Egypt. Baby, you looking good these days, right? You a dime, right? You looking real good. I go over here. These Egypt folks, they killers, right? I'm going to the hood. I need you to act right. Let's just tell them you're my sister, right? So they won't kill me and then just take you anyway. Tell them you're my sister. We're going to hang out. We're going to come up on some money, and then we out this piece. So that I'm breaking it down, obviously, the hood figure, right? So the thing is, they went to Egypt. All of a sudden, that exactly what happened. They seen his wife. They're like, dude, look at Sarah, bro. The little Hebrew girl, this chick looking nice, right? So they go to him, and sure enough, Abraham gets scared. Long story short, my sister, no, I'm not ready. Take her. He takes the girl. They take his wife, literally take his wife. He gave her up. Like, that's my sister. Take her. Here, we're not dying today. Next time. Takes the wife, gives her up. God curses all of them, right? Long story short, they kicked the wife and Abraham out of Egypt because God went on ahead and they started, like, killing some of their guys, the Egyptians, making them sick. And they're like, wait a minute, something ain't right. Girl, you got something going on with you. I don't know what it is. And what it was was the spirit of God was over her. And God said, let my daughter go. This idiot's husband over here was acting stupid. Give them back together. Let them go. They got back together and they kept walking in faith, right? But that was that time where Abraham was walking and he did one of those, like, baby, look, you're looking good these days. I haven't looked at you with my naked eyes, been all in faith, and baby, you done, you, done, you got some things going on. And he went on ahead and draw off, uh, draw off the site and fell off and lied. And it went from there. God almost took out all the Egyptians, right? You know what I mean? So the thing is, God worked it out. They went home. Why I'm telling you, that, guys, this is because sometimes we have a bumpy road. It's not to have you guys go out and sin, but what I'm saying is something happens, right, all the time when we take off this blinder and we start looking with the naked eye. And what happened with Abraham is that he fell into fear. He fell into the fear of man. And because he was fearful of man rather than fearful of God, he ended up giving up his wife as his sister. Come on, somebody. 
Y'all see my beautiful wife over there? That is my wife, okay? That is not my sister, other in Christ spiritually, but that is my wife. You come try to take her, look, dude. I'm going back to the old school, right? And it's about to go down. I'm making phone calls. It's going down, man, all right? Thing is, that'll never happen, though, all right? That'll never happen. That was just a freebie of this excitement, okay? Your pastor would not go back that way, but I would not be calling my wife, my sister, and giving her up like that. So the thing is, right, let's go on. Sarah and them, they end up having two different, uh, two, two of the same occasions where God said to them, I'm going to give you a son, right? And through that son, I'm going to give you more children than the stars in the sky, right? So the first time God said that, Abraham ended up laughing, right? This man's 100 years old. I think I would have laughed too, to be honest with you guys, right? I'm 100 years old, right? It's back in Abraham's time. There's no Viagra. There ain't nothing going on. Like, there's nothing to help me, help my wife, help us. You know what I mean? Like, there's none of that going on there. You know what I mean? So the thing is, he looking at himself like, there's nothing really working anymore. How can I do this? Right? I'm 100 years old. And he laughed. And God is like, what's so funny? Literally, a guy said that. Like, read the Bible. You got to read your Bibles, man. Y'all laughing at me like I'm making this stuff up. Like, this is the Gospel of Steve or something. This is real. This happened, y'all. You know what I mean? So the thing is. He's, he's going through this stuff, and God is telling him, literally talking with him and telling him, dude, I'm going to give you a, you know, a, a son, and you know, you're going to call his name Isaac and whatever, right? And he looks at himself, and he laughs at God because, like, God, you would give me a son in my old age? Ain't nothing working? Like, why would you want to invest in me like this? Like, you didn't see my chest? Like, this thing, I have man boobs and whatever, right? Like, this is what's going on, you know what I mean? But God went ahead, like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. This time next year, it's going down. Same thing happened with Sarah. And Sarah laughed. And Sarah was 90 years old, and she's laughing like, ha, ha, ha. And God here is like, why are you laughing? I wasn't laughing. That's what she said in response. I wasn't laughing. Like, yes, you were laughing. This time next year, I'm going to give you a son. Right? Mind you, he's 100 years old. She's 90 years old. It ain't looking too good. Right? If I was 100 and my wife who was 90, right, look, and we're like, hey, dude, I'm going to have a child. Wouldn't y'all look at me like I'm crazy? Like, dude, why would you want to do that to yourself? You know what I mean? Why would you want to do that to your poor wife? Right? She's been working out and doing all this. Baby, stand up, man. Come on, girl. Stand up, girl. This is my wife, man. Look at her. Look at her. Stand up, man. Come here, for real. Stand up. Stand up. Girl, stand up now. Right? Come on, stand. Look at my wife. Give it up for Carmen, right? She's been on it, man. I don't mean to put her on blast. My baby's been working out. She's looking good these days. Y'all don't be lusting, man, all right? That's my girl, all right? So the thing is, right, God was like, you guys are going to have, I don't know if he gave them Viagra, like pre-Viagra, I don't know. But they were able to do their thing, right? And look at this. Even though they looked at their bodies as good as dead, they put on the blinder. And they said, you know what, God? If you said it, then I believe it's going to be done, right? If you said you're going to give me a son in my old age, then I believe you're going to do it. Now, the thing is, I want you guys to understand something here, right? I'm about to read something. I'm about to read something, if you can put it up. Romans chapter 4, starting with verse 18. Please put that up. I want you guys to look at this. God is not saying for us to be some stupid people running out here all spiritual about it, right? Jumping off buildings saying God said so. No, okay? That's just dumb. Get yourself. Run, okay? That's not God, right? God is not going to have us out here looking dumb and putting us to shame just for nothing or just to do some wild, just dumb stuff. You know what I mean? God is going to tell us some specific things, and he's going to look back to see if you're going to put on faith, right? 
And this is what happens. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8. Please let me get that. Did he s- there it is. Come on. Give it up for the sound booth right there. They're they working hard. It's hot. Right? It's hot. Can I get my, my towel back, please? I done threw this thing. Give me this thing, man. All right, guys. We're getting somewhere. Bear with me, right? Check this out. This is what happens. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul breaks down the scenario and what happened to Abraham and Sarah and why they became the father of faith. Their faith equated to obedience, letting us know that real faith would always result in obedience to God Almighty. This is what happened. Against all hope, think about it because it's going to kind of sound like crazy, like how, how is that a sentence? But this is real. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Offspring is what? Children, right? Children, more and more and more children, right? Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. What is a womb? Womb. Womb. Right? Womb. Female, womb, okay? All that stuff, all that stuff is dead, it's dead, okay? Sarah's womb was also dead. He was dead in the body, she was dead in the body, right? Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had, plan- what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness, Right in the last verse in uh, in Hebrews chapter eleven, it says, "And so I'm sorry, the next the verse before that, and by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she and he considered him faithful who had who had made the promise." Right. So Paul and, and the other, this is Hebrews in one. The other one is Paul, and this in these verse chapter four, he's breaking down the scenario of what's going on. So look, this is this is what God is trying to tell us here, right? He's not trying to tell us to be some ignoramuses and dumb and some spiritual people doing some spiritual things and just, you know, for everybody else to see. He's not, it's not that kind of party. See, in here, Abraham recognized the fact that the obvious, my body is dead. My stuff is not working anymore. Okay? He looked at his wife and like, man, my poor girl, she's 90 years old. Her stuff ain't working. Right? It's just not working anymore. Right? This old school days, they don't have medicine for this kind of stuff, right? This is what's going on. He recognized the obvious at what was happening, right? Just like many times we recognize in the situation that we may find ourselves in that it looks very dead, right? God might have said, hey, go do this, go do that, and it may look very dead. I have a brother from Hawaii, right? Let me talk about him real fast, right? We met on Xbox 360 on Xbox Live, right? Brother John over here, right? Look at this. This is going to be the biggest Asian uh, Filipino you ever seen in your life. Come here, John. John, come over here. Give it up for John, man, Hawaii. Come on, somebody. This brother right here, man, is like my spiritual son, even though he's older than me, man. I love this dude, right? This brother I met about how many years ago? Ten years. Right? On Xbox 360, live. You guys know what I'm talking about? Live? We're playing video games. I, we were playing Call of Duty World at War. Old school, right? How many know World at War? Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm shooting this brother up. So anyways, right, on my tag, it has DS4C is my clan tag, Disciples for Christ. 
This brother sees that, and what you say? You're a Jesus freak? Yes, I am a Jesus freak, right? That's how we kicked out. That's how you came at me, right? Yes, I am a Jesus freak. After that, only something that God can do, we became brothers that night, right? Almost 10 years ago, that night. This brother done went through so much stuff since then. Can I put it out there? This brother went through a divorce. Wife got up, said, I don't love you no more. I'm gone. She breaks out. Brother was going through jobs and stuff. He had no babysitter. It was rough for him. Going through all these things. We were praying together. I was encouraging the brother, right? Never met him face to face like this. Only through the phone. Only through Xbox Live. Ten years later, I just met this brother for the first time on Wednesday. Give it up for Jesus. Amen, right? Give it up for Jesus. Now, you can have a seat real fast. I'm going to keep going. So the thing is, right, this brother was in there struggling, going through a thing, right? And one day we're praying again. He's like, man, dude, I'm believing God's saying to go to Hawaii. I said, man, dude, that, I was kind of jealous at first. The flesh like, dude, stay home because I want to go to Hawaii, right? Let God tell me that, right? But I'm like, dude, you know what? If God is leading it, let's pray about it, and let's see if God confirms. And sure enough, God confirms. He said, brother, I'm going over there. God is saying yes. Faith, I'm going over there. I'm going to go live with my dad. I'm just going to go over there. He didn't get down with his dad. His dad. Him and his dad weren't cool, right, like that. He, and God promised him some things. That he was going to work all these things out, right? He had a promise about UPS, truck driver, uh, the driving UPS, right? You know what I mean? A family, the whole nine, right? Yet, he did not, God did not give it to him right away. He went to, when he went to Hawaii, and it started looking like the opposite of the promises that God made for his life. Plans to prosper him. Plans to give him a hope in the future. When he went over there, he started going at it with his dad. A lot of complications, a lot of issues. I remember we used to talk on the phone about it. The man wanted to punch his dad in the face, like literally, right? He didn't, though. He was the man of God, right? So the thing is, it started to look bad. But see, God did not stop being God. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Even though the situation looked like it was dead, God's promises was not dead. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? That's his son right there, cute, knew his brother. He was so small, man. He was like a little peanut. The man's tall now, playing football, doing big things, right? So the thing is, right, why is this important? Why is this story important as testimony, right? Because Abraham and Sarah were dead. Their stuff did not work. Her stuff did not work. And yet God said, I'm going to give you a, chill, a child, a son, by next, this time next year, and you're going to give birth. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Whoa, wait a minute, right? You're giving us a child, and that's a promised child. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, this time next year, you're going to have a son. They recognize the obvious. God is not saying to pretend, you know, do something like this. Like, okay, I'm just going to pretend I'm not sick. I'm just going to pretend I just didn't lose my mom. I didn't just pretend all this other craziness going on in life. God is not saying to, pr to pretend make-believe. He's not saying to play make-believe. He's not saying that. What he is saying is to put on blind faith. Not the faith that just you don't know what's going on. It's just whatever. I'm playing make-believe. No. But blind faith based upon the evidence that God said, I'm going to give you a hope in the future. I'm going to give you these things. And even though it may look like everything else is jacked up, Lord, I'm going to keep the faith, the blind faith on that's only based on your word. That even though I don't see your word happening in front of me, even though I can't touch your word, even though I can't taste your word, God, I believe that your word is true and that's good enough for me. That is the kind of faith God is talking about. That is blind faith. It is not faith based on nothing. It's faith based on God's promises, God's word, that no matter what, God, I trust in you. God, you may have me in the worship team. It don't look like you have a promise for my life. It don't look like the promise of God is going to come to pass. And God is saying it's not based on what you see. It's not based on what it looks like. It's based on me saying I'm going to do it and that's all to it. That is blind faith. It ain't no just blind, playing make-believe. It is not that. 
And what happened with these individuals is that they continue to believe God even though their situation was dead. See, some of us in this place are having trouble because your situation may look dead. And you're wondering, is God real? Does God have a plan and a future for my life? Is it true? Is he really going to do this stuff? And we start taking a peek. We cover, we uncover one eye, and it's like, it just ain't looking good. It's, it's just, it doesn't look like God is going to do it. This doesn't look like God's promises. I'm here to tell you that God is saying, put that thing up. Put, cover your whole eyes. Stop looking at the physical thing that's going on around you because God's promises is going to come by faith. It is the evidence of things not seen. And he will be the one to bring it back out. He will be the one to make it happen. But do you believe that? If we can all stand. You see, what is God trying to tell us through Abraham and Sarah's faith? Let's go back real fast. If I can get all the guitarists up here. Let's go back real fast. Right? God told Abraham, go. And he went. But see, before that, if we can go back to Genesis, look what he tells him. And this is the problem with some of us in this place today. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, meaning leave your family behind, leave everything you have, and go to the land where I will show you. You see, and in this place, man, God has given promises to each and every one of us. Promises to give us a hope and a future. Promise to save us and give us salvation. Promise, man, to do things that we can't even fathom to think about. We can't even think about what all the good things God has for us, man. But you know what stops us from, from allowing God to give us blessings that we can't even count? Blessings that are more than the, the, the stars in the, in, the, in the firmament, in the heavens? It's our lack of having blind faith. The real blind faith. And see, we sit around here, man, and it's like, God, you're like, God, I want you to do these things. But because it starts looking, God speaks and says, son, I got you. Son, I'm going to bless you. Son, I'm going to take care of you. And see, what happens is that the testing of our faith comes like fire trying to refine gold. And because it starts looking opposite of what we believe God's blessing should look like, we start to look with the naked eye. And we start trying to see, trying to walk by sight instead of by faith. When the Bible says to walk by faith and not by sight. And we start looking around at our situations and realize it's a jacked up situation. And we're like, no, man, God ain't real. God forgotten about me. He abandoned me. There's no hope. I fell off too much, God. I can't go back to where I used to be. And we start looking at our situation. We start looking at our past. We start looking at the future and how dark it looks. Because we're looking with these eyes. When God is saying, I need you to look with the eyes of faith. I need you to look to a place that is not created with man's hands. I need you to look with the eye of faith, with blind faith, that says, God, I want to be where you're at, God. I, wanna, I want blessings that are not created with man's hands, but blessings that come from a God who loves me. And see, this is what God wants to do. But we're the ones who are blocking our blessings. We're the ones who are blocking the life that God wants us to live and have in peace and enjoy no matter what's going on around us. We're our greatest enemy. And we allow fear to 
take away faith. See, but today, if you're in this place, will you put on blind faith? Allowing God's word to be the only evidence you need to go. See, some of us, God is saying, leave Facebook alone. Go. Leave Facebook alone. It keeps causing you to stumble. Close it down. Move on. And we're like, God, you want me to leave all these friends? Even though not really friends, right? We, you want me to, I accumulated all these friends. You want me to leave Facebook alone? God, I find comfort in Facebook. I find identity in Facebook. And God is like, no, leave that alone and go on a journey with me. Let me take you on a journey. For some of us here, all of us, God is saying, leave that friend alone. Leave her alone. Leave him alone. Put on blind faith and trust me that I will bless you with better friends than this person. And we don't want to do that. For some of us, God said, leave that job alone. Leave this addiction alone. Stop looking at porn. Stop messing with your computer. Break that sucker. Trust me. And we're like, no, God. It just looks too hard. It just, it just looks too hard. I believe on one side, but on the other side, it just looks too hard. It just looks like too much of a sacrifice. I can't just go out in faith, in blind faith, because it's too much for me. And God is saying, you're not worthy then to be my disciple. Because the, the Bible says, if you don't leave all, forsake all, and come follow after me, you're not worthy to be my disciple. But today, in this place, are you willing to put on blind faith? Even though you may seem like, man, this is a long road ahead of me, or this is too hard, I've fallen off too much. You might be, you know, like a, a brother, like a brand or something, or, or anything, right? I fell off too much, or whatever it is, man, man, I, I'm all jacked up. And God is saying, don't look at what's going on, what you did in your life. Don't look at your previous sins. Don't look at none of this stuff. Put on faith, and just trust in my word, and follow after me. Do we have anybody like that in this house? Do we have anybody that needs to step out in blind faith and who have been cheating, trying to cheat your way by in Christianity by constantly walk by sight instead of faith and you constantly trip over things? Isn't that how it goes? You may think because I see with the naked eye, I'm not going to trip over. But every time you see things with the naked eye, you end up tripping over stuff. And yet, whatever you have, the, the blind are on, the blind faith, you don't trip over nothing. Isn't that crazy how it is? Like, you can have a blind faith on right now, follow God, and you won't trip, you won't fall into sin, none of that. You'll be encouraged, the peace of God is in you, the fruits of the Spirit. But the moment you, you try to see with the naked eye, bam, you fall. Oh, my goodness. Look at old girl right here. Look at dude right here. Look at they swag. Come comment on my Facebook. I'll keep it real for 30 minutes if you just like this status. Oh. Right? The question is, do we have anybody? They want to put on blind faith, the real blind faith. Will you walk and live by faith and not by sight? Will you go on an adventure with God and allow him to have his way in order to bless you and the world through you by your obedience and faith to go and do what God says? Will you make a pact with God tonight and say, God, no matter what I got to go through, no matter what God happens, I'm going to put on blind faith and I'm going to follow you based on what your word says. That is my evidence. 
Is that you today? With all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Is that you today? Then I would say come. I would say come because I'll be the first to confess. Sometimes I peek and I try to see things with a natural eye and I trip and fall. I trip and fall, man, and I regret it. Like, why did I have to just put down that blindfold? Why couldn't I just keep blind faith and trust God at his word? And I fell. But see, I want to make a pact with God tonight with you guys and anybody else who is dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with that needs blind faith, real blind faith, to say, man, God, I want to be like Abraham and Sarah, God. I want to have their faith, God. Then would you come up here and get it? Would you come up to this altar, man? Let's pray together. Would you come up, man? Let's kneel before God and say, God, let us reason together, God. I need blind faith, Lord. Would you do that? Because God is looking for a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not based on what you see, but based on his word. Will you be those worshipers? Then I would say, come. And let God have his way in your life. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care who you think you are. If you're the next, you want to compete against Trump, I don't care who you are. I would say come up here and get you some. Come up here and get you some of this blind faith before it's too late. And because you're trying to do things on your own and you're trying to look at everything with the naked eye and you keep falling. If you're dealing with a drug addiction, I would say come. Don't let that thing beat you based on what you see, thinking it's too strong. I would say come and put on blind faith and trust in the word of God. If you're dealing with sexual immorality, pornography, self-pleasure, come up here and get you some. And let God make your faith obedient to his word. Come, get you some. Get you some. Father, in the name of Jesus, God. God, I believe in the evidence in which you have given me, God. Evidence that even though I don't see it with the naked eye, even though I cannot touch it, even though I cannot taste it, God, your evidence is enough for me. Your word is enough for me that I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do, God, because I believe in you and your word, God, and that is enough for me, God. Lord, have your way in our lives, God. Lord, help us to operate in the real blind faith, God. The faith, Lord God, that sees what's going on in the physical, Lord God, recognizes it, doesn't ignore it, but still puts on blind faith and say, but God said otherwise. Though my situation looks dead and looks like it's not coming back alive, I'm not able to do this on my own, but God, your word says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will put on blind faith and trust in you, God. God, I make a pact with you, God, right here, right now. And everybody up here tonight, God, that, Lord, we will not look at the sacrifice. We will not look at what it will take. We will not look at the long run. We will not look at all the, the hindrances. If anything, we will pull those things away. We will strip those things from us, God, and the sin that so easily entangles us, God, so we can run our race, Lord God, with a blindfold of faith on, trusting in your word, God, trusting in you, Jesus, who is the word. God, have your way in this place. Touch every heart, God. Touch every person, God. I pray, Father, make our faith alive and active, God. Help us to fight the good fight of faith, God, according to your word, not with our own strength, 
not with our words, not with the worldly methods, not with culture, Lord God, not with society, God, not with the president or the government, God, but, Lord, with you, God, and your word. Will you do that in us, God? Have your way, Father. Be with each and every person in this place right now, God. Kneeling before you, God, that they would operate in blind faith, God. And not by sight, but by faith in your word, God, that you're going to do it, God. You have dreams and hopes and visions in this place, God. Are you a liar, God? Are you somebody that needs to repent? Of course not. You are the truth, God. And whatever you said, you would also make right, God. We stand on your promises today, God. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in this place, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Lord. If I can get some leaders, the rest of the leaders coming up here to pray over, you know, girl with girl, God with God. Lay hands. Gonna need some help. Stephanie, whatever God's leading you to do, you do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I lift up Christian to you, God, and I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in his life, God. No longer walking by, by sight, but by faith in your word, God. No matter what happens, God, that he will keep his blinders on, God. Blinders of faith, God. And just